Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Do podcast. I'm Emily Kerfinell, and this is a new podcast series with creative inspiration for makers growing businesses in lean times. A little background on the podcast. I'm the founder at Wholesale in a Box, a subscription service that helps makers get their handmade lines into brick and mortar stores. We are seeing firsthand how severely the stores and makers we serve have been affected by the pandemic, but we're also seeing incredible ingenuity, generosity, and innovation. We're seeing makers making do. So this podcast series is an experiment. I want to share stories of the challenges makers are facing, as well as creative approaches they're experimenting with. Today, I am talking to Becca Palmer of Closed Mondays. Closed Mondays is a textile brand that makes baskets and bags out of rope and thread. Becca shared how Closed Mondays grew, including their big push into wholesale and growing a team. She talks about the panic that came with coronavirus, the way she asked for help, and how this time has brought a lot of unexpected positives in the business, along with a lot of challenges. Hi, Becca. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Sure. So would you tell us a little bit about your journey as a maker? Yeah, I guess I've been making things my whole life. Like I, I learned to sew when I was really young, and my grandma was a painter and a seamstress and my dad makes furniture and my grandpa made furniture. So it just grew up around people who were always making things. Like my aunt can't sit and watch TV without something like in her hands to do all the time. And that definitely got passed down to me. It's just always something I've always done. But I didn't really think of it as a career until I started making baskets a couple years ago. And then I started, I just wanted a basket similar to what we make for my house. And the ones online were so expensive. And I was like, you know, I grew up, my dad would always say, we don't have to buy it, we'll just make it. And that was just like the the way things were in our house. So that's exactly what went through my head. I was like, oh, I don't have to buy a basket, I'll just make it. So I made my first one. And then I just put a few photos on my website of some of the ones I was doing for my house. People respond, like we didn't sell a lot back then. It was just, I had a um, like photography portfolio site and I just put them up there like on the side as sort of like a side project. And, mm-hmm. and occasionally people would email and we'd do a sale. And then I started going to the like renegade craft show type of things and selling products there. And that's, Eventually, I decided it should be its own business and not just a project. I just, you know, sold things under my own name, Becca Palmer. Mm-hmm. And then and then I realized that we really had something with the baskets, especially our hanging planters, which are the most popular item we sell. And so I decided to make it its own standalone business, not under exclusively under my name, because I think there's a lot of potential to grow bigger if it's not just somebody's name. Hmm. And then from Renegade, you're in a lot of stores as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I stopped doing those 
uh, like direct to consumer markets maybe two years ago and switched to trade shows for the wholesale markets. Okay. And so I've done, I think, three trade shows now over two okay. seasons. And um, those are the game changer. As soon as you start wholesaling, your whole business changes. Hmm. And so you're in, as of like March 1st or something, you're in how many stores around the country? We're probably at 20-ish mom and pop, like brick and mortar retail stores. And then our biggest account is West Elm and they sell our products through their website not really okay. in the stores and that's our biggest wholesale partner and um what is the what is the team and production and all of those pieces look like for close mondays at this point right now it's myself and my full-time employee and we weren't doing this a month ago but now we split the production 50 50 between the two of us and then i do the marketing and the finance and the website updates and things like that. And she manages how the production is going to flow between the two of us. Um, A month ago, we had an additional part-time employee that was purely production. All she did was make baskets. And you all work from the studio? Normally, yeah, we all work out of my studio. There's two sewing machines that we use and then desks for our, our computers and stuff. Okay. Um, And then you alluded to this a little bit, but how has coronavirus impacted the team and the business? Our wholesale business came to a screeching halt. Uh, Mm. None of our, almost none of our stores that we sell to are open right now. And a few of them have online stores and one has placed an order, but in general, like our wholesale business has completely stopped um, because none of our stores are selling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, our website, though, we've been selling more than ever on the online more store. Than ever. You're kidding. We March March was like our second biggest sales month next to last November, which is obviously like a seasonal holiday. And we just sold a ton of stuff last month, and this month is looking like a similar path on our online store. You're, so wait, so what happened? Why? Why? I think because one, I like, I'm kind of like anti Instagram. Most like I just, it, it just like grosses me out sometimes like uh, all this marketing, people just buying all this. It just gets a little consumer focus sometimes. Personally, I try not to like scroll it a lot. And therefore I'm, not that interested in posting on there either. But then this happened and and I was like constantly on Instagram just as I think a lot of people you it's kind of, it's a distraction right now. Mm-hmm. But then it, I was also started posting on it a lot more. And I was just like posting, you know, whatever food we're making or all the bread I eat in a single day or little funny things or like finding memes. And I think that people just, I, I just know, know that when you remind people that you exist, then they yeah. like, re, they just remember that they already wanted that thing and yeah. then they buy it. Mm-hmm. And so just like being a more constant and consistent presence on Instagram, I think helped us a lot. And I emailed just basically everybody I know in right when this was happening was like, Hey, if you've been thinking about 
buying a basket, now would be a great time to make your purchase. And just out of like friends and family, we got a huge response too. Yeah. But now all our orders are coming from strangers. They are. Yeah. It's been really wild. (laughs) Thinking about like, I don't know, something like March 15th or something like Mm -hmm. that, when we were all kind of realizing what was happening. Mm -hmm. How was that for you? Were you scared? Were you, did you have a feeling or a sense of what was going to happen to the business? Yeah, I would say my very first reaction was definitely panic because I was like, well, if everyone's worried and then everyone stops spending money, my products are going to be the very last thing on anyone's list right now. People are spending hundreds of dollars just at the grocery store because they're so worried about the unknown. And so I definitely just thought we were done for. (laughs) But then that first week I wrote that email to all my friends and family. We got a good response from that. You know, things just start popping up like, this company is giving a private grant. They're talking about this huge stimulus package. And and it was just a moment when I was like, oh, this isn't happening to me. It's happening to everybody. And it made it a lot more bearable that it was like, it wasn't personal, like the world conspiring against me or something that I I just felt like there was maybe rescue is the wrong word, but it did feel like there were like a lot of options to be saved from whatever is going to happen. And I don't know if that just like attitude shift, like I chilled out and was like, it's going to be fine. They're not going to let every small business in the United States just flounder and fail because that's 50% of the United States workforce. Right. And so when I started seeing the initial numbers of like the stimulus package they were trying to pass and just like my, just like private loan companies and big multi-billion dollar corporations that were like, we're doing a grant program, apply. And just other just random rich people too that are like Sarah Blakely from Spanx has a grant program for women business owners. And I just started making a list and was like, we're going to be totally fine. And I think with the attitude shift, I don't know if it was like what I was putting out, but then orders just started pouring in on our website. And then I was like, oh, this is weirdly going to be great for us, I guess. (laughs) Okay. And then, um, okay. That's super interesting that you think it might be partly the attitude shift. How did you feel sending out the email to your friends and family? Did you hesitate about that? Or is that something you're comfortable doing? No, I definitely hesitate. Like I, I had moments, just a moment I was doing it when I was like crying and I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't love asking for help. It's not something I'm very good at. And I also ask people like, Hey, I know you may not be wanting to spend money right now, but could you send it to your friends or share on social media? And then the last thing I asked for was like, and if you have it in your means and you want something, it'd be a great time to order it. It didn't feel as bad to just ask people to share it as Mm -hmm. it does to ask people you like know and love to buy something from you yeah everyone was so supportive and people were like thank you for reaching out because we we don't know who's struggling and the fact that you just say it out loud 
like I'll spend money with your business. And I was like, mm-hmm. great. People are thanking me for asking them for help. That must have felt supportive emotionally too. Totally. It was like the emails put me in a better place than just the orders and like knowing we had money coming in. Yeah. So financially for the business, there's been a total drop off with wholesale, mm-hmm. but direct to consumer sales came up. So when you think about the next couple of months, do you think you're actually be higher than normal or lower than normal? It's a little tough because our wholesale sales, like the volume is just so different than direct. It's like 75% of our revenue. In order to, even to make up for that with direct is like a would have to be a huge jump. Like we definitely haven't made up all of our revenue loss yet. But yeah, since the margin's better and it's just less work to make it, it's been easier to manage, especially since we've had to let go of our part-time person who makes a t- like more than half of our baskets usually. But I think at the end, I think it'll be pretty even in terms of net, but the just the total drop in like revenue. Like we're doing well on our website, but our revenue is definitely down. And then thinking about this, like, I guess over the next few months, how do you plan on taking your experience over the last few weeks and moving forward? The best thing I did during this whole thing was I took a class with this woman named Holly Howard and Mm. she does like group classes for small businesses. And she did a class called a master class in crisis. It was a lot of like, there was some like good touchy feely stuff, like do what you have to do to ground yourself. And she wrote out a list of like, of exercises basically you can do to, Hmm. to pull your like panic mind out and just like get yourself into a better mindset and then there was like a whole financial section and there was like a visioning section and I wrote out where we want to be like this week and in a month and in two months and three months and it helped me see how we're going to have to shift a little bit especially like our business model right now is like manufacturing to retailers is sort of like how we've been modeling the like financial aspect of it is basing everything on wholesale pricing. And now I'm like, I think that we're going to have to have a couple shifts in that maybe we should be having other people manufacture for us. And we become more of like a cool web home goods store where we're more of a retailer. Because also right now, since we're at home and we're manufacturers, it's really hard like we can't go into our production facility and so we're trying to make everything in our house and it's not working great on the other side I don't think we're going to be manufacturing 100% of our products anymore what have been the logistics of home and production I brought a sewing machine home and then my full-time employee also brought one home we have two at this point, we've both been doing that for two weeks, but she's upstate. And so I need tomorrow, I'm going to drive to go get everything. So it's going to, we're trying to do like a two week cycle. We're like, she'll make stuff for two weeks. Then I'll go up, pick it up, bring it back to our studio and pack it and ship it and then bring her supplies. But for me, I'm just staying home like six days a week. And then just on Saturdays, going into the studio to pack and ship stuff. So is that... I mean, it sounds like you came up with something that makes sense. What's not working about it is just a lot less efficient. Yeah, way less efficient. And it's just, it's like harder for everyone to work at home. Like we're definitely, I'm not working a normal amount of hours Hmm. for sure. And then transporting stuff all over the state is kind of a pain. Yeah. Because like normally 
we make everything to order. So we would get a web order today and then we could make it probably tomorrow for our like direct customers. Mm -hmm. And now it's like the order comes in today. The earliest it would go to the studio to get shipped is Saturday. It's just like slowing down our, our shipping times. Normally I don't even work on the production side anymore. That's been a big shift is that I've gone back to doing it. Whereas for most of this year, our two employees make everything and then I manage the business on all the other aspects. How has that felt? Has that made it hard to like find the time to think strategically about what you want to do? Or is has it felt good to be have your hands back on things? It's a good distraction. Like it's definitely <laughs> a good way to spend the days right now. Because so, yeah. like you literally can't scroll your phone and like yeah. just panic read the internet. But it is definitely taking away the time that I feel like I need to do everything else. Have you been splitting it at all? Have you been finding a way to like block it into production days and business days? I've sort of been doing like mornings, business, afternoons, production, but my work boundaries have like gone, like I'm usually really good. Like we really only work four days a week normally and really from nine to six. And now it's like, Oh, it's 8 a.m. I finished breakfast. Like, I might as well start working. And then it's like around five or six. I'm like, oh, I'm not even hungry for dinner yet. So I might as well work another hour. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Monday. But what else am I going to do? Like, days off aren't as fun right now because yeah. you're just still in your house. So then I just work. So I feel like I've been working a little bit too much. Yeah. But we have a lot to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess since it feels so temporary, it doesn't feel bad right now. Have you found other um, things that are keeping you sane? I definitely have been cooking much more extravagantly, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Like normally on a weeknight, I want like a 30 minute dinner because I'm just like hungry as soon as I get home. But now we're like, well, why don't we cook for two hours like we normally only do on Sundays because Mm -hmm. what else are we going to do and dinner is like the most exciting part of the day (laughs) so you might as well have something to look forward to so that's been fun a lot of long walks and then I'm my yoga studio did a really good job of getting everything online and so I just take those classes still yeah feels good to have like something that's part of my normal schedule yeah, yeah, that's familiar. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about your wholesale folks. I mean, so a lot of stores are closed. Some stores are online and trying to promote that. Are Is there anything you have been doing or been thinking about doing or will do to connect with your stockists um, or support them in selling your stuff online or, or anything else? Or are you just kind of leaving wholesale alone and focusing on the direct-to-consumer stuff? I've definitely been emailing like our our most regular wholesale accounts and just a checking a lot of them. I don't even know if they have an online store. So I like have been checking in with them. And if they do sell online, I've been offering them terms, which we normally would never give to most of our wholesale. Like we can't afford to finance wholesale orders, but I'm like, well, we're sitting here. We have all these supplies. Yeah. We have, our online orders, but we can do those so much faster. We have capacity and I'm still paying our full-time employee. So we might as well be making stuff and getting it in someone's hands 
and then we can get settled the money later. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our stores has taken us up on our offer for terms and in place an order. In place an order, yeah. Okay. And so I've been slow. Like I didn't want to offer it to like twenty stores right away and have everyone say yeah. And then because like we I, we couldn't finance that, so I've been like doing it like our highest selling stores first and the ones who like reorder from us a lot mm-hmm. and going down our list and just checking in and a few people responded and said they don't have an online store yet but if they put one up they'll they'll want some baskets so I just feel like it's good to keep them flowing out our door even if it we're not making all the cash right at this moment yeah yeah that makes sense so what do you, I mean, the the big thing I'd love to hear about is if you feel like you've learned anything or anything you recommend to other makers who have seen a hit in a portion of their business or in their revenue. Even though nothing has come through yet, it makes, it has made me feel really good to apply to every grant and loan I can find. Even if I'm not sure, like some of the SBA loans, if we get them, I might not even need it, but I don't know that right now. Like right now things are good, but maybe in three weeks when that loan comes through, I'm like, oh, turns out we actually really need that money. It makes me like feel a little bit in control to just keep applying to everything I can find, whether I end up accepting the loans or not. So when you start applying for that, you really have to have like your finances in order pretty well. So it also makes me feel good and more in control to like know really like I'm doing my books every day and like checking and making sure we have enough cash for however long we've got and just like setting every day I'm like okay to get to the next payroll after that we're going to need this much money and so I like have like ongoing like crazy cash flow spreadsheet that I made just to like be able to have those goals really tangible and not be like, I don't know how much money we need. Like I know exactly how much money we need to get through the end of May. And and I'm like constantly like making new plans to get there. And like, that's why I'm like, if I email this wholesaler and they get ordered today and they pay net 30, then we'll have that money before the end of my cash flow period that I'm like mapping out right now. And like, that's great. That's going to help us a lot. So just trying to like map out and and stay like really on top of the finances so that there's no surprises in in some days yeah. where I'm like, oh, I forgot about this big expense. Like, I don't want that to happen right now. Yeah. You just use um, spreadsheets that you make yeah, to do I that? Mean, we use QuickBooks for our books, but then I put the sort of cash flow into a spreadsheet where I'll like, I went to our bank account for last month and wrote down like every recurring expense in the day that it comes out. And then I wrote down like the, yeah, the payments that are coming on terms. I wrote the day those are coming in and it like does the math. So, so I can see like how much I'll need to get through the end of May. And then probably this week I'll add my June spreadsheet because, because by like July 15th, we'll be paying our taxes with the new tax deadline. And like, that's something I want to, make sure to keep in mind too. Yeah, that seems like it because for many of us, the source of stress is financial. It's almost like going closer to that and really looking it in the face can be helpful. And like the more I feel resistance to something, the like probably more important it is to do. And like, it's not fun to see 
be scared about needing a lot of money, but it's better to know I need exactly like whatever $6,547.60 is it. You're more likely to get it instead of being like, I think I need like $3,000 and then that not being enough is going to be worse. So getting like really on top of the finances and like, if you don't understand it, there's like probably a Skillshare class with someone teaching that right now, especially if you have some time on your hands to watch some, some videos online. I haven't really looked into it, but like I keep seeing people post, oh, there's 600 free Ivy League classes online right now. And someone compiled them all into a website. And I'm like, there's probably one of them has to be beginning business accounting or something. I'm sure if you went looking for something, there's probably like really high quality classes online for free right now. I think that's such a great suggestion. And then anything else just, you know, as we wrap up that occurs to you, I guess just that you would suggest for other makers who feel like they are, you know, as the name of the podcast is making do any other makers that are just kind of making do making the best with limited resources, anything else that you would suggest or that has been useful to you during this time? I definitely have been watching a bunch of people make masks, which a lot of people have suggested, like, why don't you make masks? I'm like, well, we have too many baskets to make, <laughs> um, especially because we're limited on our capacity right now. But the few people I've reached out to are selling tons of them. And they're doing like one for one type of thing where for everyone that sells, they're give, donating one. And that is going to be a really temporary solution, but it seems popular and like everyone wants masks right now so that's not a bad option i i think we're just also really lucky to be in home goods right now because people are at their house and for anyone people who can afford it they're like investing a lot more in that where they would normally maybe buy clothes or something and i think that that spending has a little bit gone on pause and people are really putting a lot of energy into their home and so anyone who's doing home goods, I think you market it as like, this is something joyful you could bring into your house in, in a really dark time. And I think people are responding well to that sort of attitude. Like maybe seems a little salesy, but I think that people actually mm -hmm. really do want their houses to be safe and like comfortable right now, because that's literally what everyone's saying is like the only way to stay safe is to stay home and so i think people are definitely willing to put some money into their mm -hmm. homes right now i think that's really good advice and that could apply to makers of a lot of different product types it's like the it's like self-care for the home or self-care for you know the things that we are able to do right now and kind of focusing your messaging in that way totally and just like leveraging being small because people feel better about buying from a small business. And if they can put a face to the product, I think that they're actually more likely to purchase from that because people don't want to be so care about supporting Amazon right now. They, If you can say like, hey, this is me, this is my business. And if you buy something you're mm -hmm. literally keeping me alive. Maybe not that dramatic. I think that that's what's making people feel good too, is to, is to give their money to places where it means something. Yeah, for sure. 
I think that's such a good insight. Becca, you shared so many <laughs> helpful things. I think people are going to find this really inspiring and supportive. I'm so grateful for you taking the time to do it, especially when you're busy and production capacities. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Becca, all right, take care. Thanks, Emily. That's it for today's episode. You can find the podcast, get in touch with me and find full show notes at makingdopodcast.com and makingdopodcast on Instagram. If you like the podcast and want to help, you can support us by reviewing the podcast on iTunes. And if you have a story of how you are making do as a maker right now, we would love to hear it and love to share it, whether anonymously or with your name. Leave us a voicemail or send us a text with your story, what you're facing, what you're struggling with at 845-202-0059. We will be back next week with another episode. <laughs>